But I have to say, it's not one-way traffic. The children give to me too. And I remember one particular instance a few weeks ago when I was leaving at nine o'clock, just as the preschool children were arriving. One little girl came in through the gates, and when she saw me, her little face lit up. She ran up to me and gave me a great big hug round my knees. Well, I have to say, it made my heart melt. Her smile and her hug let me know that she was pleased to see me, that I mattered to her. And I'm pretty sure that her response came partly from the fact that she knew that whenever I see her, I'm pleased to see her, and she matters to me. We all need to know that, don't we? We need to know that we matter, that our being around makes a difference, that our presence is welcome. So this morning, in the next of our sermon series, where we're thinking about what it means for us to be a church that cares, we're going to be focusing on welcome. How can we be a welcoming church? And you know, it's great, and maybe no coincidence, that this particular sermon's fallen today in the church's calendar, Trinity Sunday, the day when we remember and celebrate the belief that's central to the Christian faith that we worship a God who exists in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And these three persons live together in the Godhead, in a community of love that's complete in itself. Complete, but by no means exclusive. It's a community of love that's always looking to reach out and draw others in. God is simply longing for people for people like you and me to come and be part of his community of love. The love of God is very inclusive. We're all welcome. There's a sense in which welcome lies at the very heart of God. So if our vision as a church is to be a Christian heart at the centre of this community, to model something of God's love to others then understanding what it means for us to be a welcoming church and then living it out is absolutely essential. So what does it take for us to be a welcoming church? Well, surely it starts with us knowing and experiencing the welcome that God has for each one of us personally. When we know ourselves to be welcomed, accepted, loved and valued, we're free to offer that same welcome, acceptance, love and value to others. To me, that's what this story we just heard from Luke's Gospel is all about. Here's Jesus being offered hospitality by Simon, one of the religious leaders in the Jewish community, but actually receiving true hospitality, true welcome, not from Simon, but from a woman who's lived a sinful life which probably means that she was a prostitute. Where Simon had neglected to offer the normal social conventions of the day, water to wash the dust off off Jesus' feet, anointing oil and a kiss to welcome and to greet. This woman came in, even though she wasn't an invited guest. She came and washed Jesus' feet with her tears, dried them with her hair, kissed them and anointed them with perfume. This outpouring of love was a natural response to the love 
the acceptance and the forgiveness that she found in Jesus. She'd found it in him, so she was able to trust herself to him, to open her heart to him, and to welcome him into her life. It's a really lovely picture, isn't it? So being a welcoming church starts with us, welcoming Jesus into our lives, responding to the invitation that extends to each of us from his heart. He calls us by name and says, there's a place at my table for you. You're welcome. And if you've never heard or responded to that invitation personally, then maybe today's the day for you to do so. Then as we find and take our place as part of God's people, we have the opportunity, the privilege of extending his welcome to others. Because you see, welcome's not just something for a few of us to do, it's something for us all to do. And there's quite a stark challenge in that for us, isn't there? Because if we are God's people, then who we are and how we are, what we do, matters. Opinions are going to be formed about church and maybe even about God on the basis of what people experience of us individually and collectively. It breaks my heart when I hear sometimes people comment about the lack of welcome that they've received in church and it must break God's heart too because it's so much not what's in his heart. So how do we do it? How do we make sure that ours is a welcoming church which does reflect the welcome that's in God's heart? Well, just as I said that welcome's not just for a few but for us all to give, I want to say that welcome's not just for people who are new but something that we all need to receive. It's that smile, that acknowledgement, that noticing of one another that communicates, it's good to see you. I'm glad you're here. You matter. It's that interaction that asks and genuinely wants to know, how are you doing? But of course it's true to say that welcome is especially important where people are new. To be welcoming requires us to look beyond ourselves, to smile, to say hello, to extend a hand in friendship. And if we have the confidence to introduce ourselves, to ask their names, to find out a bit about them, maybe to tell them a little bit about the ch- how the church works, that's really helpful, especially at 10.30, to give them a welcome pack. But in all of this, the thing that's probably the most important thing we can do is to listen, and to listen with our eyes as well as our ears, to listen well and to do our best to respond appropriately. So if someone's giving out the signs that say, I've just come to church for a bit of quiet with God, please don't invade my space, then it's really important to respect that. It is possible to overdo our welcome, and maybe even to put people off ever coming back. But if we're friendly, respectful, and sensitive to what we observe, then we're not too likely to get it badly wrong. And I think it's better to get it wrong by being too welcoming rather than by not being welcoming enough. The vast majority of people who come to church will be wanting to connect, to connect with God 
and to connect with people. They'll be wanting to make and establish relationships, wanting to see if this is a place where they can fit and belong. And one easy way to offer a next step in this is to invite someone over for coffee after the service. I often hear people say that they find it quite daunting to go across to coffee on their own. It can so easily feel like everyone else has got someone to talk to and you don't want to stand around looking like a lemon. But it's actually a relatively simple thing to do. If you find yourself sitting near someone new in church or even near someone who's vaguely familiar but not particularly known to you to say, hi, I'm going across for coffee. Do you fancy joining me? The worst they can do is say, no, thank you, isn't it? Then when you go across, chat to them, find out a little bit about who they are, what they're interested in, and see if you can introduce them to somebody else who's got something in common with them. You never know, it might just be the beginning of a beautiful friendship. In our vision of what it means to be a church that cares, this is what we're longing to see become reality. That people feel that they belong, matter, are connected, are noticed and welcomed, and are missed when they're not around. And we're using the image of the net to describe how people are held and connected. What we want to help construct is a net with a fine mesh, where people have a number of points of connection, which will mean that they're much less likely to fall through the net. So helping people get connected with others is good. Then there's the importance of knowing and remembering people's names. Challenging for many, if not most of us, I'm sure. I was chatting to Vicky and Rob Wicks about this a few days ago because, of course, welcome is part of something that uh, Vicky has in her job remit. And they were telling me about something that happened the second time they ever came to St. Michael's about 17 years ago. They were newly married, and they'd been along once, met a few people, including David, who was the vicar then, and then been away for a few weeks. And as they knelt at the communion rail on that second visit, they became aware that David was going down the line, giving the bread to people, each one of them, by name. So they were absolutely amazed that when it came to them, he knew exactly who they were and he'd remembered their names. I'm sure it's not the only reason why they're still here 17 years later, but it was certainly a factor in bringing them back for a third and a fourth time. It's not always easy to remember faces, let alone names, in a church that's so busy with so many different congregations, but we can find strategies to help us. Chris, my husband, keeps a list at home, which he adds to most weeks. I tend to make a note in my diary, usually with some identifying feature like long, dark hair, or (laughs) whatever is appropriate. I have to say, I don't still always remember, and I'm sorry if I don't, but I probably remember more by doing that than I would if I didn't even try. So um, have a think what strategy might work for you. But as I said earlier, there's much more to welcome than just meeting and greeting those who are new. I once heard a couple who'd started coming to St. Michael's say that that whilst they'd found people here friendly, they'd actually not found it very easy to take things to the next step and to establish friendships. That takes time, doesn't it? 
Time, opportunity and initiative. It's not possible for all of us to be close friends with everyone else, but it is possible for all of us to take some friendships deeper. And a great way to do that is to offer hospitality, like we were encouraged to in our first reading. We get to know people better and to be known by them when we spend time with each other. So why not ask God, is there someone I could invite round for a meal or for coffee? Somebody I could invite to have a walk out or go for a drink or if you're a family, perhaps to share a picnic with. And if that feels a bit of a big stretch for you, then here's a very accessible alternative. Invite someone for coffee and cake in the coffee shop or a bacon butty on a Saturday morning. We have such an amazing resource right here in the heart of the community. And I love the coffee shop strapline. It's welcome refreshment. It's great, isn't it? That's what we want, welcome refreshment. Offering hospitality is a really important part of welcome, of building friendship and of expressing care. So ask God to inspire you and to give you the courage that you need to do it. And I'm sure you'll bring blessing to others when you do. But there's another whole dimension to welcome that we haven't really touched on yet. Important as what we do as individuals is, it's actually about something much bigger than just us. Because we're welcoming people into the family of God, inviting them to find their place within the community of love that exists not just within God, but amongst his people. I get so excited every time I watch those Heart of the Community videos because they express so powerfully what we're about as church. They demonstrate the many different ways in which people can connect and belong, from Friday football to Sunday lunch club, from the big winter party to work parties at the preschool and nursery doing jobs together, from messy church to metal. There really is something for everyone. So for yourself and for those you meet, be looking out for what things within the life of the church you could perhaps join in with. And one really key way for people to feel connected and feel that they belong is for them to find a place to serve. When we get stuck in and do our bit, it's somehow easier to believe that we do matter and that we have a part to play. But even though we might know all of this, we can still find ourselves holding back, doubting that we can make a difference. Or maybe we hold back from reaching out to others because we fear that they won't really be interested in us. We believe wrongly that there's nothing special about us. Or maybe we don't want to risk getting involved because we don't know where it might lead to. We're scared we'll get out of our depth and we won't know what to say. Well, if that's you, then help is at hand. Yesterday, we had our first day of training for pastoral care. Um, Louise and Shelley, a friend of hers, is running a course called Being There in a Church That Cares. And we were given some really helpful, practical tools that will equip us to know how we can be there for others. We recruited for yesterday's session primarily through the life group structures because we're really keen to resource pastoral care at grassroots level wherever we can. But we're going to repeat this first day on the 20th of July 
And anyone who'd like to come along is really welcome. So just speak to me if you'd like to find out more. God's heart is a heart of welcome for all. It reaches out, draws in, accepts, includes, affirms. And if we go back to the experience of the woman in our Bible reading, we see how Jesus graciously accepted the love that she offered. He affirmed her. He assured her that she was forgiven, that she was loved. But what next for this woman? The chances are the only place she'd have found acceptance before would have been in the community to which she belonged, with those who also perhaps lived a sinful life. So what she needed now was to be part of a community of forgiven and forgiving sinners. Actually, her story screams out the need for a church. Not just any church, but one that says, you are welcome here. There's a big church out in the States called Willow Creek that has as its core belief that the local church is the hope of the world. The local church is the hope of the world. And you know, I believe that too. What we have to offer here is something very special. Go online and watch all the Heart of the Community videos and get excited. And then let's each of us commit to playing our part in extending to others the welcome that's there in God's heart for all people. Let's stand together, shall we?